Welcome to Stephen Queens. Welcome to Stephen Queens. <laughs> uh, how have you been, Spencer? I've been pretty good, Megan. How have you been? Oh my god, my life is horrible. <laughs> I got dumped. <laughs> I We're absolutely not talking about how you I got know. dumped on the pod. <laughs> I need everyone listening to know that. All Megan has talked about for the last... Fair enough. Fair enough. But every conversation for the last three weeks? Uh, two week and, and a half. half. Oh my god. Yeah, it's only been it a week It feels and a half. like three weeks. <laughs> no word of a lie. <laughs> we went away for the weekend. That was that was all that was on the uh, conversation schedule. The menu, if you will. <laughs> Look, buddy. I've never been dumped before. I, I'm sorry that it happened to you. I know. I'm sorry. Oh, we don't have to talk about it, but I am never... I'm going to talk about this until I die. I'm still so mad. <laughs> um, but good things are happening in my life. I got a couch. You did. From Structube. Yes, you did. And Is this an ad for Structube? I wish it was an ad for Structube. If they wanted to sponsor me, I would absolutely take their money. I will not be participating. Oh, I'm going to uh, loudly and publicly not participate you were Spencer is very nice and A helped me get the couch up the stairs Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then B helped me put it together Mm -hmm. but in putting it together like the smallest thing would be off and you'd be like oh well Structube is just garbage they fucked me once I know I bought that bed and they gave me all the wrong parts and then they tried to charge me a return fee (laughs) and I will never forgive them for it Uh, that was how long ago was that? Four years ago? Five years ago? Yeah. Maybe you should get over it. <laughs> I can hold a grudge. Fuck you. <laughs> tell me what to do. Tell me how to feel. <laughs> I'm happy about your new couch. Thank you so much. I'm excited that soon we'll get to just sit on it and hang out in your nice cool apartment, which is where we are today, actually. Yeah, we're recording at my house. It's really exciting. Um, we're in my bedroom. Megan hates that we're in her bedroom. I honestly hate that we're in my bedroom right now I hate it so much I just got a couch so that we didn't have to do it the only reason I came in here is because you initially suggested it it is the coolest room in the house and I don't understand and we can look at the weird potential cult that's across the street yeah there's a funny building across the street from Meg's that is it's like a new build like I would say it went up in the last like 20 years Mm. I don't don't know. It's got a big blue, like, swath down the middle and a big yellow door. It really does look like a cult lives there. I'm pretty sure I never see people there until I see, like, 20 people there. And they're all wearing scary moth masks. (laughs) I think that's a cult! (laughs) I mean... They're all doing Romeo and Juliet bits. Like, when they're at the... When they meet at the first for the first time, Romeo and Juliet, and they're all wearing the dumb masks. What version? I think all of them, but specifically oh. the Basil Herman one. Oh. <laughs> okay. Did I make that up? I don't know. I'm not. I don't like Romeo and Juliet, and I often avoid adaptations of it. Huh. So I mean, that makes sense for someone who doesn't like it. Yeah, I was like, I don't really know. I don't know also don't really like Baz Luhrmann that much, so that's kind of... No, he's kind of trash. He's kind of trash. Didn't he make Moulin Rouge? He did make Moulin Rouge. I hate that fucking movie. Do you know Come What May is an original song? What? I don't know what that is. It, Come What May, the big Ewan McGregor one. I don't like Moulin Rouge. I don't know if you're kidding. I assume I only, you've seen it. I've seen it once and I never watch uh, it again because it's not a good movie. Uh, welcome to Stephen Queens, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. This is what we're here for. That's Megan McLean. 
And uh, that is Spencer Penny Martini Wilson. Megan, I'm uh, I'm not gonna fight it anymore. You can just call me my real name. Uh, are you serious? Yeah, yeah I'm changing it. I'm, I know you're so happy. I know you're so happy. <laughs> I'm Honestly, not. I'm so happy. I don't know why I felt like I had to overcomplicate it. I, I don't know either. <laughs> Welcome to Stephen Queens with Megan and Spencer. Yeah, which is a much better title. It is a much better title, and I'm very happy about it. Um, yeah. So. The, that's the news of my life. Anything exciting going on in your life? I got a job. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. I did a bunch of interviews. I quit my job a few weeks ago, and then mm-hmm. I did a bunch of interviews uh, that I thought went really well, but then nobody hired me, <laughs> which was odd and upsetting. <laughs> um, and then the restaurant down the street uh, just messaged me and asked me if I wanted to work there. And I said, yes, please. And now I work there. It is a cool restaurant, and it's going to be very busy because patios are open now. Yeah, and it's also a two-minute walk from my house. So lucky. Yeah, I know. I know I'm so lucky. I know. We can't all work in North York like Megan. Fuck me. I don't want to go back to North York. It's too beautiful to be in North York. <laughs> but, uh, I guess that's that's our news. What's uh, any Stephen King news? Uh, the I... third person? <laughs> Actually... We have a new third That's person in the right. podcast. Oh yeah. my god! And we for, we took it for granted immediately. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, our good friend Riley is now going to be sound engineering. I guess she's the sound person. Thank you, Riley. Thank Hi. you, Riley. Uh, don't. I mean, I feel like people are going to listen to this and be like, "The sound's still terrible." Like, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we didn't say we were good at it. We we're not paying you. <laughs> yeah, I'm not being. <laughs> We're recording this in my bedroom. <laughs> Listen, someday we'll get a, we'll get one of those uh, rooms with where the walls are all like you know puffy foam or egg cartons or whatever. Velvet, velvet, <laughs> more velvet rooms in general. I think um, you may also recognize Riley's voice because she's the our, our musical director. Yeah, um, Riley does a lot for this pod. Thank you, Riley. I would honestly say she does more than we do at this point. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I, I think we can all agree that I do the least. Listen, you've given up your bedroom for us. You've allowed, you've allowed us to enter your inner sanctum. Which, again, I will say you invited us into. But that's fine. It's fine, it's fine. Um, uh, st- okay, Stephen King news. Let's keep let's keep on track here. Because I have a lot to say about this book this week. Oh, wow. Yeah, you really do. I don't have that much to say, so I feel like you're... I have stuff to say, but... I really forgot how much I liked it. Um... What, 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 what? Oh, no, just, I, I have opinions. Okay, we'll, we'll get talk, to it. Uh, Stephen King News. Um, I didn't really look anything up too intensely this week, but I have been watching a lot of TV because I'm unemployed. <laughs> um, so I watched uh, the first half of The Outsider, the HBO series. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was okay. It's it's such a Jason Bateman wank. I hate Jason I Bateman. I hate him too, and he's really good in it, but, like, it's still... <laughs> he's still just not somehow I don't know he bothers me he also directed a bunch of it and also they changed the character of Holly oh which I, you haven't read any of the stuff that she's in I don't think you guys yell about it a lot though yeah um, they, it, she, she's still fun <sighs> but it's not the same character it's a bummer that's shitty fucking I'm not surprised that Jason Bateman did a bad thing but yeah. whatever that's fine I genuinely don't like him and I am upset that he just is the king of all media now apparently I mean I'm glad that someone executive produced it so that it could be a show it's not terrible okay uh, Mayor Winningham is in it actually I don't know if you remember I don't her. know who that this is this is for Riley actually Riley do you remember when we lived in New Zealand and we watched all of American Horror Story Freak Show yes do you remember the episode where 
oh my god, it was like the seventh episode, and the weird little, the Pepper, remember Pepper? Yeah. Do you remember when Pepper had that weird episode where she was all by her own, and she had like a drunk aunt or whatever who took her in, and she was only in two scenes, but she was very good? Yes. Mare Winningham. Hmm. There you go. I wasn't listening. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. I don't care. I don't care at I all. Want to, I want to start a Mare Winningham podcast. Okay, you can, you and okay? Riley can do that. That's fine. I, I'll go. I'll we're really bri- go. We're going to start a whole network. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. that was that. Watch that if you want to. I found out today my parents are really into Mr. Mercedes. Oh, that's fun. That's um, good. Which is like the same sort of story, kind of. They're mm-hmm. like within the same universe. They're within the same skew. Oh, within yeah, the, the skew. larger skew, which is the Stephen King universe. Uh, we haven't talked about that in such a long no, time. No, we've just been referencing it and not explaining what it is. I mean, our constant listeners would know if they were paying attention. Well, the uh, Stephen King universe, I guess we have to define it in a better way. It's its really how we are putting it together, I think. Yeah. It's specifically <laughs> our own vision of the skew, which holds no... Act- <laughs> the canon is very loose, and it we is. decide what's, what's in and what's not. <laughs> New York is full of fingers... And that's basically all we know. Yeah, every every toilet, every sink, fingers. Um, um, Lisey's yeah. story uh, also started last week, or they, yeah, um, on HBO. Have you watched it? I watched the first episode, and it's not very good. Oh, that sucks. It's it's shame, because they've got Joan Allen and Julianne Moore and Clive Owen, like, a lot of really great actors in it. Um, Jennifer Jason Lee is in it. Okay. And it's just not, it's boring. That sucks. I love Julianne Moore. I do too. She's so beautiful. Yeah. I think she might be the most beautiful woman in the world. Wow. I genuinely think Julianne Moore is very pretty. Wow. Yeah. Jennifer Aniston is quaking. (laughs) She's just got a... I don't know. She's got a smart beauty about her. It's just something. It's, <laughs> I love Julianne Moore. I think she's beautiful. She's pretty hot in Lisey's story. Well, I guess I'm going to have to watch I it. I guess that's it for you. Uh, what book are we doing this week? What book are we doing this week? Well, I <laughs> we called it The Longest Walk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which is incorrect. It is The Long Walk. Uh, and it's written by Stephen King. Yeah. So this is... Writing as Richard Bachman, I guess we should say. It's our first Bachman book. This is our first Bachman book. This is exciting. And it's actually Stephen King's first book. Not in terms of... Release. Release. Thank you. That's a good word for that. And the right word for that. Um, (laughs) Not in terms of release. Um, But it's the first book that he ever wrote. He wrote it when he was at the University of Maine, which Mm -hmm. is cute. Mm -hmm. Uh, He wrote it in, I think, 1967. Yeah, 1966 to 1967. Yeah. insane to think... Because that was 60 years ago, essentially. Man. Yeah. 50 years ago. Wait. I see 50. Riley's doing the Riley math. It was math. 50. It was 50. Riley's got her calculator. I think it was 53 years ago. 54 years ago. Okay, wait. 60, what was it? 60? 66 to 67. Six, okay, so let's say 67, 3, 4, 50, 54. 54. I think it's 54. Wow. 54? Oh, wait, Riley's going to... It is 54. Woo! Oh, we still got it. We still <laughs> got, it. got it. Um, That's an insane... Sorry, that's half a century plus four years. I, that is so long ago. We went to the cottage and I was reading the long... I almost called it the longest walk again. Oh, um, I really hope we do. <laughs> and I was reading the long walk there and we had a conversation about how just absolutely insane it is that Stephen King has been writing 
for 50 plus years at this point. Consistently good books. Well, like, there's... You, sorry, go ahead. You, no, you told me he was in his 70s and I nearly shit myself. I was like, what? How is that possible? <laughs> he's 50. He's He was born 50 and he'll die 50. <laughs> it's funny to think of Stephen King as, like, a young thing. Like a, yeah. like a new 20-year-old. Yeah, fresh, like, a little hottie. A little, uh, yeah. What's his wife's name? Tabitha. Tabitha. Did they meet in university? Uh, maybe. I, don't I know. feel like that's a thing. We're gonna have to get them on the pod. <laughs> yeah. That's, okay. that's gonna happen. <laughs> I just want, I want to hear it from the horse's mouth. Honestly, fair. Yeah, yeah let's get Stephen King and his wife on the pod and then Actually, let's how they just get Tab. No, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, 54 years ago is when this book was written, and he's been writing... It, honestly, it's one of my favorite books of his. Really? Yeah, upon this reread, I was like, whoa, this is... It blew me away um, in a way that it didn't the first time. I feel differently, mm-hmm. but let's get into it. I'm going to break us... I'm going to break down the plot a little bit for us, so... Okay, well, let's have a little break, and then you can fucking tell us what the whole fucking book's about. Woo! Woo! <laughs> the longest yard, my favorite Stephen King book. Um, so What's it all about? It is uh, the novel takes place in dystopian America, mm-hmm. and in this in this dystopian America, there is a yearly contest. It's called the Long Walk, where they take a hundred young boys. I believe it's between the ages of fourteen and eighteen, and right. they put them into essentially a walking competition they start at 9 a.m in the morning all 100 of them start walking if at any point the boys walk more slowly than four miles per hour i phrase that really weirdly but anything less than four miles an hour uh they get a warning mm-hmm. uh if they do it again they get a second warning they do it a third time third warning and on the fourth warning they're shot and killed uh so it is a heavy book <laughs> it is a book about 99 teen boys being murdered is essentially what the long walk is about yeah that's um, very accurate we follow our main character his name is ray garrity he is a little main ting he's he's from maine uh, he's a little main ting <laughs> it's just it's so classic to me that the very first stephen king book just takes place across maine yeah because they start walking uh the whole idea is that they're walking down the u.s route one which goes from canada all the way down to florida mm-hmm. uh, and i think to, all the way down to the florida keys oh wow okay yeah it's really i drove it once with my parents years ago oh it's that's so cool. funny um and so it's right at the border of New Brunswick is where they start walking by Edmonston, mm. New Brunswick. I figured you would know more about the geography of it. I didn't realize it was that close, but I've been to Edmonston a thousand million times, and it's like right next door where this starts. You could have been in the long walk. The longest walk. <laughs> <laughs> My whole life is the longest walk. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. Uh, so we follow Ray Garrity. He is dropped off at the long walk by his mom mm-hmm. the morning of and 
we are then introduced to a cast of characters that are going on this long walk with him. Uh, we meet his friend, Mc, Mc, I don't know how to pronounce this. McVries? McVries. Yeah. Which, like, okay, whatever. <laughs> That's a name. Um, I don't think it's that weird. I don't know. I just, I kept seeing it. I was like, I don't understand what this is. Um, who, McVries... He sounds hot as fuck. McVree sounds hot as fuck. Oh my god. I was like, this guy absolutely can get it. And you know what? I think Ray felt similarly. But well, okay. We'll talk about there, that There's later. a lot of gay shit in this book. I'm just gonna come out on top huh, and say that now. There's a lot of gay there's shit. There's a lot of gay shit. It's like, really is just a 99 boys dying and Ray Garrity falling in love with his best friend. I don't on think the he road. fell in love. I think he fell a little bit in love. I fell in love with McVeigh. 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 Didn't fall in love with him enough to say his name properly. <laughs> to be fair, that wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what happens next? There, his little friend McVeigh. Uh, there's another mysterious boy named Stebbins who he notices straight out the gate. I like how much he goes on about his purple pants He's and his blue chambray work shirt, which I'm like, God, you're. Even before Stephen King was a parody of himself in some ways, he was a parody of himself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I also liked, too, that he brought three jelly sandwiches with him. Stebbins. How, how do you carry three jelly sandwiches? Well, the thing is, is okay. Tell me what the thing is. This is already, like, off track. But um, at one point, Ray mentions that Stebbins was carrying his last sandwich, and he was carrying it bundled up against him because it was in a rainstorm and he's like man Stebbins' mom is really dumb because she didn't wrap up his sandwiches and I was like you know what yeah <laughs> that is kind of dumb <laughs> I, I think it was to suggest that he doesn't know his mother or doesn't have a mother oh and also um, Aww, that's sad there's actually if I can jump in here for a yeah, second yeah go go uh, I was just when I was doing my notes before this I was thinking like what kind of dystopian world is this like, we only get, like, a, a small picture of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's enough suggested that it that we can make a few assumptions. Um, so I thought through context clues, we know that the walk has been going for at least 17 years. Yeah. Um, there isn't much at all in the way of futuristic technology within the story. Yes. Uh, so I think it's fair to assume that whenever this totalitarian coup d'etat or whatever mm-hmm. happened, uh, it probably happened right after World War II. Oh, that makes sense. Um, and it's never explicitly stated, but the major seems to be the head of state, um, and yeah. the squads, which are, you know, the army that are shooting everybody and, uh, they're, they're like his, uh, his military police, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, these boys are normal boys at the end of the day, but they're, uh, they've grown up entirely within this society. Um, so there's a lot of talk in this book about like, why are you going on the walk? Like, blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, they've, it's bred into them. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's a wacky idea for us to say, why would you fucking go and get, like, mm-hmm. you're one, at a nine, one out of a hundred chance that you're not going to get shot in the head. Yeah. They're like, well, it's all, like, the glory of it is what we've always been, like, after. That's, it's always been for us. Yeah. Well, I think, and I guess we need to take it back a little bit because you mentioned the mayor, the major. Major. The major. God, I can't get words today. Um. <laughs> so the major is, uh, he's the figure that he starts the walk we're introduced to him pretty much immediately mm-hmm. uh, when Ray is there and he's kind of sizing up the other boys. There's talk of how the major is going to come. He's going to start off the walk. And they're all really starstruck by him as a character and mm-hmm. as a person. They seem genuinely very impressed with him. They're excited to see him. Mm-hmm. And again, to your point, 
there is fear among the boys regarding the walk itself, but it is so ingrained in them that this is, you know, some people just go on the walk. That's what they do. Yeah, it's, it's not- like they, it's almost like they didn't have a choice. And, and uh, Garrity, the main guy, in his case specifically, I think he just did it because he didn't, there was nothing else to do, you know? Yeah, and they mentioned too, um, his uh, father was killed because in oh, this dystopian yeah. future, he they was, don't say exactly, but again, it's he was speaking out against things like the walk, and in this world, doing that is enough to kind of be... Black you know. bagged. Ooh, black bag is a great term for what happened to him. I think I stole it from V for Vendetta. No, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense, that makes sense. Well, makes to sense. me, the major, uh, the major is kind of standing in as a surrogate father figure, right? Oh, yeah. Because, like, wow. Ray's dad is dead. And yeah. so he he doesn't have a father. Mm-hmm. Like he, that's a big missing spot for him. Mm-hmm. And uh, the major is I don't know. He's sort of the big brother character, right? Like yes. sort of all seeing, all knowing, great and powerful laws sort of bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, uh, all these boys want to do is please him. Yes, because they live in a military society. At the end of the day, right? Mm-hmm. Like everything is militarized. Um, the idea that people are going to be shot, walk, children are going to be shot on the street mm-hmm. is so normal that it's become an event. Yeah. So, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, they talk a lot about why they do it in the book, and it, it no, especially for Ray, it's never really like landed on why yeah. exactly he's done this. Um, that I think kind of comes to the issue that I have with the book mm-hmm. um, is that. Overall, and we'll see more of this, I think there's a lot of good ideas, and I think sometimes it's really rushed, and I think sometimes it's not as flushed out as it could be. Mm. Um, but let's keep pushing forward yeah, let's with keep like, going what's because going on, I'm because gonna... there's a lot, there is a lot to kind of talk. It's a book, this book has a lot of um, the girl who loved Tom Gordon energy, yeah. where not a lot really happens. It is just a bunch of boys walking down a road, and like, the interpersonal relationships that they forge and the conversations and the that conversations they have. that they have. Um, so we're back morning of 9am. Uh, the major comes, he gets the boys ready. They start their walk. Okay. Uh, no spectators are allowed to watch at the beginning of the walk mm-hmm. because it is, uh, it takes them out of the game. They're not going to pay attention. There are uh, additional rules and we see that, Oh, man. How bad did you just want a list of those rules? Oh, my God. Well, so there's rules, and then there's also, like, best practices, which is really Mm. interesting. There's rules that are, for example, um, if they want water, they can get it at any time. Food, they have a certain amount of rations that they get per day. You're also allowed to bring additional things with you. Three jelly sandwiches. Three jelly sandwiches. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Jelly sandwiches. One of the characters brought a different pair of shoes to change into, which is so smart. Moccasins, wasn't it? Yeah, it was moccasins. And it was Stebbins, the jelly sandwich kid. It almost made me buy moccasins. I was like, is that, are they that good? Okay, later. Well, actually, right now, what shoes would you wear to go on this walk? Well, I, I want to say moccasins now. <laughs> but he changed into the moccasins. I thought that the whole time I was reading, because they talk a lot about the different shoes, and specifically they say one of the hints or one of the best practices yeah. is not to wear sneakers. Which was strange to me. I was like, what were sneakers made of in the 60s? That's what I'm saying. I would, like, in what universe would you not want to be wearing sneakers? Well, they say sneakers would cause blisters, but there's a kid in the book who was wearing loafers. Oxfords, right? 
that would cause blisters. That would be blisters. Well, even fucking Garrity, like, he's walking along eventually towards the end. His uh, The heel of his shoe falls off. And mm-hmm. one of the other guys is like, you better take your shoe off or the nails are going to poke through it. I'm like, what kind of heavy ass fucking shoes are you wearing? What sort of shoes with nails in them are you dragging across the fucking eastern seaboard? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's fucking Crocs. Insane. I would wear Crocs. Yeah. <laughs> Crocs. Honestly, if it's good enough for uh, people who work in kitchens, it's good enough for me. To be fair, and you can bring a lot of them with you, because you have to keep, like, again, you can't you get- You can bring multiple Crocs. Multiple Crocs. Crocs That's so smart. So you can so keep smart. switching out the Crocs, because they're not very heavy, so it wouldn't weigh you down. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, you could just wear, like, a necklace of them. <laughs> They'd probably keep you warm at night. You could do that outfit from Priscilla. With the flip-flops. Oh. But it could just be crocs. You could just, just trade them out as you go. Well, again, um, it's because they walk all through the day, all through the yeah, night. Yeah, there is no stopping. No matter what the weather is, if you have to poop, you do it on the road. Like, you figure it out as you go. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's fucking crazy. I don't know. Uh, there are more characters that were introduced. There's a lot of characters, and for a while it was hard for me to keep track of them. You almost need to, like, write yourself a list to keep on to like keep track of them you know what I mean yeah well I actually I have a list of all of the characters here which is actually very helpful um the main three really are Ray Mick McVries you can just call him Pete (laughs) I'm just gonna call him Pete his name is Pete McVries I think it's a very like 60s lads that I don't know why I'm having such a difficult time saying his name um uh Hank Olsen who is Ray notices him very early on in the race and is like, oh wow, this guy's like, he's fresh. Oh, he's all gung ho, isn't yeah, he? Yeah. He the- goes up to the major and like the major laughs at a joke he makes. He's like, oh, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and he's told he's like a little spitfire or something to that effect. And then yeah. immediately, like eight hours into the walk, is just a walking skeleton and remains that way for the rest of the fucking book. <laughs> he just can't, like, he's just shambling along yeah. for eternity, which is interesting. Um, then there's uh, Barkovich, who is just a mean little asshole kid. Yeah, he's just kind of exists to be the villain of the crowd. Yeah. Or the villain of the, of the walkers. Well, that's it. Like, th- there's no real villain of this book. I mean... There, well, there's lots of villains in this book, but... And there's no tangible little mean... Like, he's just a little mean boy. He's just... Yeah, exactly. He's just a little mean boy. Uh, Pete makes it his goal to outwalk him. Yeah. That's really his whole thing that he's doing with that's that. That's because Pete uh, has a very strong moral compass. Uh, Pete is just... Pete's hot. Pete is so hot. I love him. Um, I love that sexy teen. We do love those sexy teens. We'll talk more about uh, the fact that he was just, like, ran away with his girlfriend, and they got an apartment together, and then she tried to kill him. Crazy. Sorry, I realize that this is, like, we're jumping all over the place, but, like, damn, Pete is, like, the character that I love the most. Oh, he's easily the hottest and, like, most accessible. Yeah, obviously. Um, What uh, interested me, and I picked it up with a a few different um, of the boys said it, but they, a lot of them seem to live in apartments, like, not with their parents, and I'm wondering if that's another symptom of, like, whatever this dystopian future is. Oh, that's so interesting. Um, Like, maybe their parents got black bagged or, Mm -hmm. uh, you know whatever happened to them. I, it'd be interesting to read another book that was set inside this universe. It's a good, I, I agree. I honestly agree. Um, and then there are a few more. There's another guy named Scram 
Scram. Oh, <laughs> Which is such a dumb... He has the dumbest storyline. He's married. His wife has a baby on the way. In the hierarchy of how much I don't care about the rest of the boys, Scram is right at the top. <laughs> <laughs> well, because he's like... And he's the favorite to win. Because people bet on it, too. They bet on who they think is going to win. And so Scram is like the main pick to win. But mm-hmm. Ray also has pretty good odds. Especially because it's in his home state. And... Yeah, so when they finally do get people uh, lining the street to cheer him on, uh, Mm -hmm. or cheer them on, a lot of them are cheering him on specifically because they're in main zone. Yeah. Um, Then, I guess really the first day of the walk is essentially all we're doing is being introduced to these characters yeah. so there's some other weasley little boy who like is trying to write a book about the walk which I'm like go fuck yourself like yes. <laughs> I want to write a book from the perspective of a walker in the race and you're like I literally don't care about you I know you're gonna die yeah, there's, like, <laughs> there's no point to you as a character but okay fine whatever <laughs> this book is such a cheat because it's like you're reading about the one guy the whole time you're like well I guess he wins yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a lot of yeah spoiler alert the main character of the this fucking book is the one who makes it to the end um yeah and really just the first day is essentially them just walking yeah they keep referring to people dying as uh or people getting shot as buying their ticket which i think is nice yeah um and it's it it sort of infantilizes it a little mm. bit and makes it seem not so much like you're just getting shot in the head yeah. like i'm buying my ticket i'm not you know committing suicide by military police or whatever God. well that's it too and some of the boys do opt to kind of just After sit a, down like who could blame them well like, so as, um, they essentially get two minutes yeah of time before they're shot yeah so and that happens multiple times with uh, throughout the book where a character will stumble or he'll get a charlie horse or he gets blisters in his feet and he has to take a shit or like he has to take a shit. tie his shoe um because you do get you can get your warnings uh but after an hour of solid walking that warning goes away yeah so you could go up to three warnings but if you walk three hours three hours no stumbles no falls no anything with you don't go below four miles per hour you can clear yourself your reset back to zero and multiple times in the book like that happens to ray yeah where uh, i think towards the end he gets a charlie horse or whatever and he nearly dies but and sweet sweet pete just saves him every time sweet pete the number of times in the book that pete just saves ray yeah and then he's all weird about it well because he's in love with him yeah, that makes sense. He's, yeah, he's so much, in love with him. I don't think that Ray is in love with Pete, but Pete is definitely in love with Ray. Oh, Pete is 100% in love with Ray. Absolutely. Should we just talk about the gay shit now? Yeah, can we just talk about that now? It? That's the only thing I want to talk about. Because this book, nothing happens except for <laughs> these two boys fall in love. I don't think they... Okay. Okay, tell me what you think. So I, I tried to like work it out in my head why it's so prominent in the story, the gay yeah. shit. Because Stephen King doesn't usually write a lot of gay shit. Yeah. There really isn't. Like, every once in a while, and lately, he's really, like, shoehorning them in. <laughs> like, if it bleeds, there was, oh, no, my can. No, um, can. My can. Um, well, okay, so the big moment, it's it suggested that uh, Ray had, like, a weird homosexual experience with another boy when he was much younger. Yeah, because he's having flashbacks throughout yeah. the book. Um, uh, go on. It's, uh... I, I kind of read it as um, there's the the self is being stripped away kind of in layers. Mm. So um, you know he when you don't sleep 
like that for so long and when you're just putting your body through things like that Mm -hmm. it's sort of like when you join a cult right and like they brainwash you and shit so they have to strip away what you are so they can build you back up again Mm -hmm. so it doesn't surprise me that it gets into his sexuality and stuff Mm -hmm. and then by the end of it he's just a husk like he doesn't have any sexuality he goes from like being super into his girlfriend at the beginning and yeah. like, can't wait to like bone her when he walks by her because he's certain he can do that. 100%. Though one of the kids does try to do that on the walk. Do you yeah. That part? Yeah, and it gets him killed. Yeah, it does get him killed because he fucks a girl. <laughs> he goes off the road and he has sex with a girl. And he gets. Actually, no, they fool around and he has blue balls. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they fool around and he has blue balls and then they shoot him because he can't walk fast enough because he's too horned up. I Am I correct in saying that that happens and while that happens, Ray has an orgasm? Yeah, yeah. That guy is so horny all the time. Ray is so I mean, listen, up. it's I horny it. teens. You can't write a book about horny teens and not talk about how they're horny. I mean, that's, that's fair. It's very realistic, we can say, mm-hmm. I think. Um... McFreeze later on in the book finally just comes up to Rain. He's like, "What would you do if I jerked you off?" Oh yeah. And I read that. I was like, "What kind of book is this?" <laughs> I love it because <laughs> uh, I didn't remember it being just that blatant. Mm-hmm. Like, what would you? Can I jerk you off? Yeah. Basically, and Ray's like, "What well, fucking no!" Like, yeah. Nah. I'm not going to talk to you. I'm going to walk to the front of the pack for a little while. Yeah, I'm yeah. Hang out with fucking whoever, whoever is up there. <laughs> um, but he doesn't. He. He has a weird moment about it, doesn't he? Where he isn't... You're, I mean, I don't think he's in love with him in the same way that Pete is obviously, like, into yeah. him. Um, but there's definitely something going on there. Well, I think he's also just starved for any kind of human contact. Yeah, or, that's like, real. care. You know, his, like, driving force this whole time is that, you know, he's going to get to a particular city and his mom and his girlfriend are waiting there for him and he's Mm -hmm. like you know I have to make it to this city because I like I need to see them and it's like he even admits himself he's like you know I like my girlfriend but I don't like her that much (laughs) like you know what I mean he's like yeah it kind of ebbs and flows though doesn't it yeah where it's like she's like the light of his fucking life but then also in this next breath he's just sort of like but you know I kind of also she's a dumb bitch yeah I don't really like her that much it's just fair I understand it's like you're going through a lot of emotions you've been walking for three days well and I think it's all it is all about the different like stripping away of you know what people think is necessary Mm -hmm. um like when you remove all of that ego and like super ego and like when you become like Olsen and just a walking husk yeah or a shell of a man like that's mm-hmm. that's you're just a physical being at that point your consciousness has fucking left the building yeah i found him to be like the most interesting of the side characters yeah. because it really was like this is this is the metaphor you know what i mean it was like this is the the person this is yeah. what's happening to all of them and he is just uh, a ghoul like yeah. this fucking ghoul is just uh, shambling along next to these boys and it's like that's going to be you the thing that will be uh, you the like, thing that got me about him is when they talked about how his uh his tongue was hanging out of his mouth as he walked oh and God. it was so dusty that his tongue was like just turning like black with dust oh, from the road and i'm just like whoa that's gross it is gross it's super gross and that was like i love that and then he uh, eventually dies yep he goes out in a blaze of glory, though, doesn't he? Yeah, I think he tries to, like, take down one of the cops or something like that. Yeah. Um, it's a whole thing. There's so many kids dying in this book. It's Holy honestly fuck, it's so to hard to keep track. <laughs> I, like, again, I was like, if you are not Stebbins, Pete, Ray, 
or Olsen, or I guess fucking... Or Baker also? Yeah, which one was that? I don't know. I He made it so far in the walk, and I don't know anything about Baker. Yeah, he was boring as shit. He was boring as shit. Oh, he's uh, one of Garrity's closest friends. He's from a lower class family in Louisiana. I literally don't. Oh, that's right. His whole thing was that he was Southern. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to say talk weird. He is described as appearing young and beautiful. That's right. And you know what? That kind of I. This whole book is from the perspective of Ray. Yeah. And he refers to him as beautiful almost offhand Mm -hmm. um, at the beginning of the book. And I don't know if that's you know an intentional tie into the gay shit that later comes up. Yeah. Also, I will say that it's a very progressive book for the 60s. That is fair. And, like, Stephen King is hes a good dude at the end of the day, I think. Mm-hmm. But he really does have a bit about, like, Ray goes on about, uh, you know, fucking homos doing this or whatever. And then in the next part, he's like, but you know what? Actually, I guess I don't really give a fuck what homos do. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're just living their lives. Like, whatever. Oh, my God. Well, okay, so then these boys walk for a while. Some of them die. Mm-hmm. Most of them die. They do really well. They're actually doing the best of any walk for a very long period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of milestones that they hit where it's like, oh, we've uh, made it to 50 miles with the most number of boys still living. We've made it to this city with the most number of boys still living. Like, mm-hmm. they're doing, like... They have a really good walk going, well, and, and the major's and, really happy about that because, again, uh, people are putting bets on this. It's a big fucking, it's a big thing. It's a big show. Yeah, uh, can we talk about the crowd? Yeah. Um, I wrote a thing about it. Okay. Cool. Um, bear with me. Um, so it all kind of boils down to. Can you tell me the book, actually? Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, so it all kind of boils down to the complete degradation of the human form. Right? So it's explicit and raw, and all they're being engaged with at the end is the outside force of the spectators, Mm -hmm. or as Ray starts to put it, uh, just the force of crowd. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just, there was a part that really stuck with me that I wanted to read, if you'll allow me. Yeah, 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 go, go. Okay, so this is sort of a mishmash of quotes, but they're all from the same uh, section where he uh, talks about what the crowd is. Garrity had a vivid and scary image of the great god crowd, clawing its way out of the Augusta Basin on scarlet spider legs and devouring them all alive. Only crowd, a creature with no body, no head, no mind. Crowd was to be pleased. Crowd was to be worshipped and feared. Ultimately, crowd was to be made sacrifice unto. And it's... It feeds into, like, um like mass media frenzy mm-hmm. do you know what I mean it's mm-hmm. the boys are um, I think it seems very modern in this story but it's probably because we've always been like this you know what I mean like it's it's easy to think about all these people who are after a point in this walk like mm-hmm. it's just walls of people watching yeah like and there's a constant din of people yelling at them mm-hmm. and stuff like there's even at night like they don't have Whatever little rest they can get, they Mm -hmm. can't because people are like, eh, fucking Garrity, or like, Mm -hmm. fuck you, or whatever. Um, 
but uh, that said, I think that people have always been like this. We love filth and destruction and car crashes and serial killer documentaries and shit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and in the 1500s, people would go out and like watch people get their heads put on pikes. Yeah. Like the wire. I don't know why we're like that, but we watch these boys martyr themselves for the crowd, which uh-huh. is the stand-in for I think the rest of society. Very fair. Yes. Um, and only by doing that can they see it for what it truly is. Uh, it's like discovering the game is eat or be eaten when you're already in the lion's mouth. If you know what I mean. No, I think that's, um, that is very valid because again, like this is not, yeah, but it is difficult to, um, uh, summarize this because again, it's so much of it is just people walking and existing and like the interpersonal relationships and the relationships that the boys have again with, within each other, but then also with the crowd that is kind of like another character and you see it building over the course of the novel, mm-hmm. like again, it's interesting that it's pointed out that they're no one is allowed to watch at the beginning. Like it's like because they know it'll psych them out and they need to get into. Well, and also it's just not very entertaining. Yeah, well, it's not very entertaining at that point. It's just it's a hundred healthy boys like out for a walk. Yeah, and yeah. like no one would want to watch that. And as you read, you do start to notice. You know, there's more and more people. There's one particular part in the, around the middle of the book where they are walking and they pass. Uh, uh, like a farmhouse and they're there's a family out there at like midnight watching these fucking children walk themselves to death and Garrity's like god they probably you know do this every year this is a family activity for them like just coming out and just watching us die yeah and that's horrid but then it gets to a point where it's like you don't have the individual people anymore you just have the walls of people you have just the inex- inescapable crowd just and they say too it's like again in the pa- in the book i don't have the passage but it's like a wall kind of falling mm-hmm. in on them and it's yeah. like you feel like it's going to crush you like the weight of all the people and that's just again it is very it's dehumanizing it's yeah well that's it they're just being stripped away to mm-hmm. nothing right um oh there's something i was going to say in response to that oh um i think there's something to be said about how they go from like being in the deepest fucking wilderness Mm -hmm. down towards boston which is one of the bigger cities yeah and it gets more like built up as you go down that path um and it's almost like the further they get into civilization the more they fall apart Oh, that's really, that is really interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, don't, I mean, it could just be a theme that I've pulled out of my ass, but no. it, it, I think that's kind of the message, if there it has to be a message here. Mm-hmm. Like, what what will we do for entertainment? Like, what will we, th- at the end of the day, this is, um, this is a propaganda tool, right? It's yeah. being used by the major, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, whatever system he stands in for. Um, to keep people in line and in check and give them something to focus on, uh, a distraction from whatever else, whatever other fuck shit he's doing. Yeah, well, exactly. Um, oh, also, sorry, we forgot to say what happens at the end of the walk. Oh, yeah, so, um, uh, wow, that's crazy. I know. Well, at the end of the walk, there is one winner, and he is awarded a large sum of money and a prize. And the prize can essentially be, you find out, it's anything they want. So they can pick, they could be like, I want uh, hookers and cocaine for the rest of my life. And they just have to give that person that forever. And that is inherently like the, the draw of the walk. Not really like so much of the book, like the, like the boys are discussing and they're like, oh, well, you know, I, I'm not really in it for the prize. I'm in it to, you know, prove that I could do it. I'm in it because, you know, it's the yeah. right thing to do. Like, I'm... Everybody's got their little, their own little personal reason. Yeah. But again, at the, the, wh- having whatever you want is, that's, 
I'm gonna ask you. I know you're gonna ask me. Go ahead. What would you want your price to be? Oh, I thought you were gonna ask me if I would do the walk. Oh, um, would you do the walk? No. And what? Okay. Well. No. Okay. Oh, no absolutely. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say yeah. I okay. Okay. Three part question. Okay. Would you do the walk? You said no. If you did have to do the walk, okay. how far do you think you? How long do you think you would last? Okay. Third question. If you somehow won, what would your prize be? I'm going to answer question three first. Okay. Because they say it's explicitly said that it's anything you want for the rest of your life. So I don't think it matters. Yeah. Because like, yeah, yeah. The oh, first well, day I could yeah. be like, yeah, give me a yacht. But then the next day I could be like, yeah, you know what? I'm over this yacht. Give me a train. Like. Oh, I read into it that you could ask for kind of whatever you want, but then you just have it. I don't think there's any cap on it. Man, that's crazy. I might do the walk. I mean, I walk a lot, and you also walk a lot. I walk a lot. So we would both. Well, you're also not a, a young male, uh, young healthy young male boy. Oh, damn it. So sorry. Damn it! Not being a healthy young male boy. Megan, you should really getting in the way. You of should GI Jane the long walk. <laughs> <laughs> the first like that, woman. First of all, I like that you GI Jane it and not Mulan it. That's so funny. Ooh. <laughs> Like there was another one I was thinking of as well, but I can't remember who it was. But it wasn't Mulan. What a theme! Let's rewrite the let's rewrite the long walk, but as uh, like a GI Jane version of it. Yeah. Do you think? Um, oh God, who played her in the movie? Demi Moore. Do you think Demi Moore is available? <laughs> Could she still play fifteen? Okay, but do you think Julianne Moore is available? She's busy with Lisey's story. <laughs> She's it's an angel. Uh, oh my God. As for how long I would last. I think a couple of days. I, I don't think I would win, days. but I think I would do pretty well. I think I would last a few days. I, I think, th- honest to God, I think you would have a good shot at winning. Thank you. But I also think that you'd probably be one of the first to go crazy. If you if you were going to go crazy, then it would happen almost immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I would be so bored. Well, I was thinking, and I was like, I could go for a really long walk, but I would get very bored. Yeah. I would. I think now I could do it. If I had like a podcast, well, I mean, if you, to do. you don't just have all these boys to talk I to. I want to talk to these boys. I, I mean, no wonder they're having sexual revelations. <laughs> They've got nothing else going on. Also, boy, bored. these horny boys would fuck you so fast. Man, that's fair. I would fuck these horny boys. What's would I? What's McVries doing? I. Everybody's boyfriend, McVries. <laughs> At this point in my life, if McFreeze came up to me and was like, do you want to have sex with me? I'd be like, okay, are you 18? And yes. <laughs> Either way. <laughs> well, he's dead, so I mean, yeah. sorry about it. Um, yeah, I guess at the end of the book, the, the, what I don't like about the book is it is paced like a Stephen King book, mm-hmm. where a lot of time is filled with nothing and then as you get closer and closer to the end, it, like, ramps up, and it really starts ramping up, and you're like, oh, fuck. Like, and it does work. I think there are parts, especially, like, when you do, like, mention, like, the crowd and this and that, and as the numbers dwindle and there's only a few people left, it's like you do start to see, like, more of the interpersonal relationships, like, come into play, and mm-hmm. their tensions are a lot higher. He builds good tension, but then everything is explained in the last, like, literally, like, four pages. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, no, no, that was too fast. Um, for example, so Stebbins, mm-hmm. the little creepy little friend who's, like, walking behind all the other boys. He's not talking to them. He's not engaging with them. He's just hanging out in his purple pants. Purple pants, jelly sandwich, just going, living his best life. Oh, fucking purple pants, jelly sandwich over here. <laughs> and, um... 
he's lasted a really long time and Ray is like this guy like this guy's probably gonna win and he it gets down to just the two of them it gets down to just the two of them and it's revealed that Stebbins is actually an illegitimate bastard of the major and what he would ask for for his prize if he were to win would be acceptance from him and that the major would let him come and live in his house and he comes to the revelation that he's like oh well essentially i he kind of implies that he's like the major knows i'm his kid or something like that and yeah. it has put me in this race not a race so really the opposite of a race a very long walk um, the longest walk <laughs> actually this one was the longest walk it was the longest walk and he says he puts me in here as essentially a rabbit and they talk about it a lot how um Stebbins's view is that you need a carrot like you need the you need the something rabbit that for. the greyhounds are chasing like you need something that you're chasing and when the boys lose the thing that they're chasing and they're simply surviving like that's kind of like when they really like become like their like most like base human part of themselves mm-hmm. like Olsen like that was where he was at that's when they have that initial conversation um and he in conversation with Garrity says you know I I am the rabbit like I the major knows that I'm here he's using me to prolong this walk to hit all these major milestones like I mentioned before it's like they kept just surpassing and doing better and better and better because they have this kid in this race who's basically just spent his entire life preparing to be in the long walk like mm-hmm. he's a walking machine he is made to walk he brought moccasins <laughs> I eat jelly sandwiches and walk and I'm all out of jelly sandwiches <laughs> Uh, and it does. It, uh, we find that out that a that he's the mayor's kid. Mayor's kid. Fuck, he's not the mayor. <laughs> he's, he's kind of the mayor of the country. <laughs> he's sure, he's the mayor just, of the military. <laughs> I'm just gonna call him the mayor. We've got Pete and the mayor, and that's just how this works. <laughs> that's <laughs> that. That's the the spinoff where they own a PI agency <laughs> together. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he's got the fucking um, mayor. You find out that he's his kid. And then he dies, like, two seconds later. You're like, whoa, whoa, okay. And McFreeze, Peter, PDP, he fucking also died, like, literally the page before. Because at one point, like, he talks to Ray all the time. And he's like, at some point, I'm just going to get really tired. I'm just going to sit down. That's what's going to happen. I'm just going to sit down. I'm going to fucking die. Uh, but he goes and he tries to sit in the crowd and Ray's like, no, no, don't get, don't die. And he's like, no, I've, <laughs> don't, I've decided off. I love you. You can jerk me off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and he sits down and he dies at the little like country bumpkin had died like right before then too. And Again, I we were at the cottage reading it, and I was like, "Oh, I have three. I, we I had to go run an errand. Mm. I went to get breakfast. Yeah, and I was like, oh, Will, like I'll um, I only have three pages left, but like let's go.' And I came back and I read the three pages, and all of that happened in those last three pages, and then the walk was over, and I was like, this is not great pacing. This is maybe <laughs> not. This was about maybe you could have introduced some of these things earlier." But anyway, Ray wins the long walk. And it's also, Stebbins is just like... He just dies. He just dies. <laughs> like, he's not even, like, it's so anticlimactic. Yeah. He's just alive, has his little speech about how he's the rabbit, and then, like, three seconds later is shot. And you're just like, where did that come from? Like, he wasn't even shot. He just 
uh, Ray goes up to him and like pokes him and he's, he's like Stebbins uh, I think I'm just gonna quit and you can win and Stebbins just turns around and goes ah! and like <laughs> fucking I know <laughs> he's like what is this book about <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna devil's advocate here okay okay um, because I the first time I read it I agreed with you yeah that I did think it was really really rushed at the end and mm. it seemed like it didn't fit and I will say that Stebbins just dying of a weird heart attack or whatever what doesn't make that? a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, but what I, I mean, I will defend the pace because in this reread of it, it starts out so, it, the whole first 300 pages or so, they don't, they, they do main basically. Yeah. And then after that point, it starts picking up speed because there's less and less boys and mm-hmm. it's getting more and more intense. And I think the, I think what the reader is supposed to experience is mm-hmm. that feeling of rush, that feeling of panic. Yeah. Um, and so in the, like in that last part, which I think is called the rabbit when there's only like five yeah. of them left, it does, it goes bang, bang, bang. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, they're also just, they're walking and they're just husks at this point. They, there's nothing for, they got, they're not going to talk to each Like they're beyond, they're nonverbal at this point. Like, they're conserving as much energy as they have, and there's only so much you can say about the crowd crushing in on them. And I also think that it's kind of the only point in the story where you can reveal Stebbins' real um, thing. The fact that he is the Major's son. Mm-hmm. I, It is a little bit... Like, you can tell it's a first book Yeah. in that. I, you're right, it wasn't exactly executed perfectly. It does leave you kind of wanting a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But I think it was intentional. I don't think it was rushed... Uh, I don't think it was rushed by mistake. Do you know what I mean? No, I agree with you. And I think, like I said, like it is a similar thing that you see in pacing in a yeah. lot of his other books. I would say like Pet Cemetery was an example of that where it's done like perfectly. Yes. Like yeah. that is like so well done. And you can see him toying with the idea of it. And I think this is the perfect framework to have that kind of story structure where it's as the number of boys dwindles, the pace of the story picks up as they get further and further into just their own madness becoming husks like yeah of course the pace will pick up like it's a great framework to have that kind of storytelling and I think it does work mm-hmm. I think it just needs a little bit you can tell that this was his first book yeah and he knew how how he wanted it to end but he wasn't quite sure how he was going to get there exactly yeah. I, I think that's really like it like it was if Pet Cemetery is the best version of this this is... It's not far off. It's not far yeah. off. It's it's still really good. Even, again, I would say, like, The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon mm-hmm. also has a similar pacing. It's a, a way that he paces his novels a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's, again, it's good. You, It's not as intense in The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon. I, I mean, if you want to talk about where it's been done perfectly, I think Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon is, like... That that book is truly, like, a man who is has a master of his craft. Like, mm-hmm. that is, I, oh God, I know, we're talking about a different book now, and we've already done an entire podcast <laughs> on it, but I'm going to reiterate that it is truly one of the most immersive books I've ever read, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't even say it rushes at the end. I think everything happens exactly when it needs to happen. Yeah, I, yeah, I think rushing is the wrong word. I think, like, pacing-wise, yeah. though, like, it does have that same thing where it picks up a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not saying that the long walk isn't good. It is good. 
you just you see a lot of those Stephen King isms mm-hmm. and tropes and things like that, and seeing it at its inception, it's like, oh yeah, like it's like watching okay, yeah. The Simpsons for ten years and then going back and watching like The Godfather. And being like, oh, that's where all those jokes are from. Yeah. <laughs> that's why there's a horse's head in that bed or whatever. That's where the blue chambray work shirt came from. It was Stebbins. What if it had been the purple pants instead of the blue chambray work shirt that had been like the thing that went on? <laughs> that Stephen King only writes about guys in purple pants. Yeah. <laughs> what a look, by the way. Yeah, what with his little moccasins look. and his blonde hair. And his jelly sandwiches that he can't carry. <laughs> I kind of wish Stebbins has won. Honestly, Ray was such like a nobody. Well, I mean, his Ray's whole thing was that Ray just wanted to fuck his girlfriend and then briefly Ray. <laughs> no, and then briefly, briefly Pete. Pete. <laughs> I don't. I still don't think he ever wanted to fuck Pete. I don't think he wanted to fuck Pete, but I'm pretty sure he would have. <laughs> I think he would have if t- enough time had passed. Well, okay. I think if Pete had lived. I think it's well, this is the thing, though. There was no way that either of them, they could both live. So they never could have fucked. I, I wish Pete had won. I'm actually so disappointed that he didn't. I wish that little fucking Of the won. three, he's easily the most likable. He's obviously the most likable. Ray had no personality. He was so... Just, he's the everyman, he right? He is the everyman. He's the, he's the absolute everyman. Like, yeah. God, he sucked. Um. So at the end of the book... Yes. Um, I guess we'll tie it out here. So Ray wins. He yeah. touches Seven on the shoulder and he has a weird freak out and just dies. It doesn't make any sense. Um, and then Ray has one and that's it. And the crowd goes fucking like batshit insane yeah, wild. Yeah, the major it. drives up in his fucking golf cart or whatever. Yeah. Uh, he's like, yo kid, congrats or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, but Ray is now, it's suggested that he's just lost it entirely yeah. uh, and he sees a figure in the distance in all in black who's still walking and he goes no I'm not done yet I still mm-hmm. have to go catch fucking whoever like McVries or uh, Barkovich or whoever that yeah. is up there like I don't know who it is but I know I have to keep going and that's how the book en- oh the book ends uh, when he breaks into a run oh yeah which is a very good final line um, I'm gonna ask you okay. what you think happened after the long walk Oh, that's such a good question. Mm, um, I know it is. Okay, we'll write. We'll write the sequel. Um, I think that Ray. I don't know. I think he. I don't think he died. I don't think he killed himself. No, I don't think so. I think they probably wrangled him. They definitely wrangled him and probably brought him to a hospital because he's clearly malnourished. Yeah. His feet are probably fucked. Like, they're his oh, feet yeah, are beyond probably, like... Fucked. He's gonna have some, like, lifelong issues. Oh, absolutely. Like, his body has been fucking mangled. I think they take him to a hospital. I think, like, he wakes up, like, five days later and it's just like, Whoa! Like... <laughs> <laughs> um, and... I guess he just goes back to living his life as much as he can. I, I mean, he's, like, crazy famous now. He's crazy famous. It's fully, like, winning the Hunger Games. Exactly. And I think, you know, that kind of a thing is super traumatic and, like, really difficult. But I also... Like, he's a young man. Mm-hmm. Like, not specifically that he's a man, but I think specifically that he's young. And, like, I think he could probably... I think humans can compartmentalize a lot of things Mm -hmm. and I think like when you live in a society that is based around this long walk 
it's it's a traumatic thing, obviously, but it's something that is like a socially acceptable traumatic thing. And now that he's gone through it, he is he's super famous. Like yeah. he's, I think he has a lot of scars. I think he's definitely someone who should absolutely go to therapy. But I know that that's not something in there this universe. No, and definitely I not. I think he just lives his life and like probably is not super well adjusted, but is rich and famous, and that's just really kind of Jeez. sad yeah I don't know what do you think happens I mean what I I wish I would get is like a doctor sleep for the long walk Ooh. like show me show me what Garrity's up to like 40 years from now show me how that universe has changed yeah I mean it would be cool if they had like um like some kind of like coup and then he was like ooh I'm gonna take over the long walk and me and the other long walk winners are gonna like rally together and yeah. we're gonna take down the mayor and like all this is take gonna take down the mayor <laughs> Petey and the, the mayor Petey and the mayor um like I would love that I think that would be really fun but I, I do think that it kind of I think that would cheapen the story a little bit yeah I, it ended exactly where it had to it's like fun to speculate but I think if it were going to go any other way and still be satisfying, he would just have to, like, drop dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think that anyone is meant... They do talk about a few people who... Or a few dudes who have won the long walk in the past who, like, just could not adjust to mm-hmm. not being on the long walk anymore. Um, and, like, would die or kill themselves pretty quick after. God, and I just... I don't know, maybe, like, Garrity is not that kind of guy. Like... He is so much the everyman that he'll just keep going, but yeah. I don't know. I mean, I could see you killing yourself after that. 100% I could. You, you literally just watched 99 people get shot in front of you. Fuck, man, that's so crazy. Like, it's... I mean, I almost wish we had done a section here of, like, some of the crazier deaths. Oh my god, that would have been... Well... Who was maybe. it who got shot in the stomach and then all of his guts fell out? I don't remember, but I remember that. That part, I when I read it, I went, oh. Like, it was, like, yucky. That was, like, the nastiest thing, because his guts fell out, but then he picked them up and yeah. was, like, still walking, holding yeah. his guts, and I was like, oh my god, this book is gross sometimes. Oh, or that bit where the, the one kid tries to jump up onto the truck thing that the soldiers are on, mm. and they push him off, and he gets run over by the things, and it destroys his legs, and he's laying there like, well, I don't have legs, and uh, they still shot him, like, per the 30 second warning yeah, yeah and Ray's yeah, like yeah. as though he could ever get up again like Fuck. like it's just, put that man out of his misery they're like no we're gonna we have to we're following the rules yeah oh my god there are some crazy deaths in that one yeah. Re- anyway read the long walk if you want to feel bad uh yeah <laughs> it's not a happy book it's not a happy book it really bumped me out my can oh no god stop kicking your can i can't yeah, when I was like, I was in such like a, I was in like a, such a like negative headspace when I was reading it, like uh, outside of just reading the book, and then I would just would be like, oh, time for some escapism. I'm gonna read the saddest book of all time. <laughs> it's truly like the grave of the fireflies of books. I think <laughs> it is a book about boys dying, and it's just God. And also, like even the ones that like. Even the parts where they're not dying, it's just, like, stories about their trauma. Yeah. It's like, God damn, God, these boys are fucking brave. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. so grim. I I would read it again, though. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, let's... That's a synopsis. Yeah, that's a synopsis. How would you, uh... How would you read it? Oh, actually, uh, adaptations. Oh, let's take a break first. Okay, break. Break, 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 break. Steven. Steve, 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 
it's just who I am. I'm I just wrote a talent. list. <laughs> All right, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome okay. Back. Uh, adaptations. There are none. <laughs> so that's easy. Um, I've got some things though. What kind of things? Uh, oh, sorry. No, no, you got. I'm glad you're excited. Um, I think it's worth. First of all. Okay. I'm going to put this forward now, and I'd like someone to start a grassroots movement around it. I'm not going to do it. Somebody else has to do it. Um, Lord of the Flies should be replaced with The Long Walk in high schools. Whoa! I think it's... I just think it's a better story. I think it's way more captivating, and I think it touches on a lot of the same sort of things. Uh, like how people are when they're removed from society. Mm-hmm. How people are when they're in really extreme situations. It, see, it feels to me almost like an updating of... The Lord of the Flies story. It is very Lord of the Flies. I, I love, love Lord of the Flies. I love Lord of the Flies. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. I, that was my favorite, like, high school book was yeah. Lord of the Flies. So, like, Lord of the Fries. Oh, my God. When I lived in Australia... Sorry. Okay. When I lived in Australia, there was a restaurant called Lord of the Fries. <laughs> and it was a vegan, like, burger place. Oh. And one time I went and I didn't want something on my, like, hot dog thing uh-huh. that I was ordering... And I was like, oh, can I just get that without the thing? And the guy was like, you want it without, like, this? And it was like ketchup or something dumb. Oh. And I was like, yeah, yeah, none of that. And he was uh-huh. like, uh, okay. You made it and gave it to me. And it was just a bun with sauce. What? He had misunderstood me to such a degree oh. that he was like, you don't want meat in it? Or, like, the fake meat or whatever? And so I just <laughs> sat there. And I didn't say anything about it. I just ate it. But I ate it what? right. Yeah. Oh, my God, that's crazy. Yeah. Anyway, Lord of the Fries. Lord of the Fries. Do you know there's, like, a term for, like, the devil? Like, the Lord of the Flies? That makes sense to me. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that until very recently. And I heard something. I was watching something, and they referred to, the like, the devil as the Lord of the Flies. And I was like, oh, wow, that makes sense. Is that never mentioned in Lord of the Flies? It's never mentioned, but I think it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, supposed to be, like... You just know it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but also, like... Why didn't they tell me that in school? Mm. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I don't know. Um, Just out of the system. This uh, the book actually. Hold on, let me pull up my uh, my trusty Wikipedia article about uh, the Long Walk. It was the Long Walk is one of the one hundred best books for teenage readers, published between nineteen sixty six and. 2000 uh in 2000 it got the american library association like listing like yeah. saying it's one of the best books for teen readers i mean it makes a lot it's a very intense book and it's not a book for kids but i mean yeah i think i think in our lifetimes we will see stephen king books being taught in high schools i think so i feel like um, there's some good ones like that honestly it's just like i get it literally every time you talk to someone and you're like oh yeah i really like stephen king they're like oh yeah like what like it and you're like yeah and like the green mile and stand by me and the long walk the long walk and all of these things that you have heard of and are aware of and they're like oh stephen king wrote that and it's like yes <laughs> these get are with it. <laughs> <laughs> um i think it's an interesting uh it's so fucking um, Hunger Gamesy, mm. um, and I'm wondering. Yeah, Riley's nodding. <laughs> um, and also Battle Royale. Do you remember Battle Royale? That's it's so Battle Royale. It's almost like, and I, 
Hmm. I saw Battle Royale before I read The Long Walk. Mm-hmm. And if you look at them, like, chronologically, like, Long Walk to Battle Royale to Hunger Games, it's sort of like you're watching it get watered down. Because the Battle Royale, when I watched it, was a fucking intense movie that yeah. really messed me up. But I would argue that The Long Walk is darker. That makes sense. I actually, um... The genre of teen fiction about just teens killing other teens mm. is vast. Yeah. And... Why is that, I guess? I mean... I don't know. I just... A question being posed to the room, but, like... Well, it's it's sort of like I was saying. It's, like, the, when the crowd goes wild or whatever. Like, people yeah. are watching this as their entertainment. Like, But you don't see this, like, same really kind of story being told with adults. Yeah, that's... Ever. When? I mean, like, it's sort of a... Almost an updating of like a gladiator. Oh, okay, yeah. Where like you know it's public entertainment through um, people that are being exploited. Mm-hmm. Either whether it's in this case it's a long walk. Mm-hmm. Um, in ancient times, it was slaves that had mm-hmm. been conquered and brought back to Rome and then True. put on display in coliseums. Um, and it's it's all like indicative of like a totalitarian government mm-hmm. putting on some sort of display um that serves to one oppress the people that like it's it's an Mm -hmm. example Mm -hmm. to like the people that they're oppressing of like this could happen to you Mm -hmm. and then two it's like it's entertainment so like people that don't ever have to participate Mm -hmm. in whatever game whether it be the hunger games the long walk Mm -hmm. a coliseum like i think it's just an old theme Yeah. yeah yeah you're absolutely right um it's funny to think like why are we like that why, like, we, there is a, th- yeah, we, it can be, it's put in place by totalitarian governments and it's used as a tool of control. Mm-hmm. Doesn't stop people from loving it so much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, when they used to put people in the fucking stocks and, like, we've all seen The Hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, it's, you put some guy in a cage and they would just, like, leave him in the town square for days and people would come over and be like oh yeah there you go I'll sit here and eat my lunch while I watch that guy like fucking die in a cage mm. like we've always been this way and it's interesting to wonder why I guess I, I think books like these are a study in the worst of human nature yeah, yeah. absolutely or if not the worst maybe the truest mm. you know I think I think true like I, I don't know they like, can be it's, both <laughs> it's, people are multifaceted mm. and I mean even worst is just like the darkest parts of human nature. Yeah, mm. that's true. I'll shut up now. That's no, right. I like it. I'm into it. That's I hope that good. was all loud enough that we could put it in. I think it was. <laughs> Yay! Okay, good. That's good. That's good. That's Guys, good. look, good. what can't Riley do? Honestly. Fucking, she sits here and listens to our fucking horse shit for two and a half hours. <laughs> and then in the final act comes through with a very in-depth and calculated <laughs> explanation yeah. of the entire genre. <laughs> Like, Better than we and I, you, Megan, and I have done in yeah. the last six episodes of this podcast. One hundred percent. I just yelled so much about how boys were in love, and one of them wasn't even. I <laughs> 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 shouldn't be in this podcast. <laughs> oh, Megan couldn't do it without you. <laughs> okay, um, I guess. What's your favorite moment? My favorite moment is. I liked when we got my favorite character, Pete, and he got his backstory about when he ran away to work in the pillow factory. Um, 
with his girlfriend, and then he didn't, he didn't make enough money working in the pillow factory, and he had a fucking, like, complex about it, because his girlfriend was making more money than him, and then they got into a fight, and then she slashed his face open and nearly killed him. Wait, isn't this exactly how your breakup went out? <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Is this life imitating art or the other way around? <laughs> Let me tell you. That's slash face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, man. I glazed over that part. What? Really? Yeah. I don't, it didn't interest me like it interested you. Oh, I just, I just was really in love with this character. I was like, you know what? Like, I, I love you, Pillow Factory Man. <laughs> I think at that point I wasn't as into me. I think, if, honest to God, I'm going to be real with you. It wasn't until he asked Ray if he could jerk him off. I was like, oh, McFreeze. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a gentleman caller. <laughs> and honestly, I'm not going to lie, that's my favorite part. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, fair. I kind of thought that went without saying. <laughs> As everybody's ever Just because I'm a sex pervert. You know. <laughs> I just, I can't get over the verbiage. Yeah, can I jerk you What would you do if I jerked you off? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> do you think I could start using that line? Oh my god. You know what part I didn't like in the book? <laughs> okay, sorry. The, do you remember that Scram guy, Scrum, whatever? The one who, like, he's got the he's pregnant got the wife, life, yeah. whatever. And then, I guess I'm like, I think I must have missed a paragraph, but suddenly he was just so sick. Like, he had pneumonia. Yeah, he got a cold that turned into pneumonia. And then, which happened so quickly, by the way. Like... I mean, they were outside in the rain. Yeah. But anyway, the part where he goes up to the two boys leading the pack, who turns out they're... um, Indigenous. Oh, yeah, Hobie. Yeah. And brothers also. Yeah, and brothers. And then convinces the one guy, who I think was also hurt in some way, to just, like, yeah. commit suicide together yeah. and, like, go sit down on the side of the road. I yeah. was like, I see what you're doing. But it doesn't make a lick of sense. It makes no fucking sense. Yeah. And, like, that, none of these characters would do this. There were a few cases of that in yeah. the where it was like, I mean, you... you, you like, You've now created all of these... Like, yeah, there's so many nameless boys who just get shot. We, mm-hmm. like, never know anything about them. But after a point, like, you've got to come up with new and inventive ways for the ones that you have named yeah. to die. In fact, you got to Stebbins at the end. He was just like, uh, uh shock. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Stebbins. Stebbins dying of nothing is also my favorite part. Stebbins. Stebbins. Well, <laughs> then he was dead. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Well, I guess this brings us to uh, two ratings. Oh fuck! It's a nice cold diet coconut can. I wow! Love it. I love this book. I wow. really love this book. That's fucking. I'm sorry. That's. I'm sorry that I have such a strong opinion. You do really. I liked it the first book. time I read it. I loved it the second time. I read That's it. honestly fair. I liked it. I didn't like it as much as some of the other books we've read. Oh my god! I started reading The Shining. <gasps> I give this a the long walk out of The Shining is what I give this. It's not quite there, but it's pretty good. I give this a, it's a good first novel. A good first novel. <laughs> yeah. You can't drink that. No, oh my God. Find out the bodega. Yeah, put that on the back of the book. It's a good first novel, I guess. It's not as good as The Shining, but it's pretty all right. Uh, yeah, that's how I feel about that. Yeah. Uh, what, what book should we do next? You have to pick now because I picked this one. I know. It's my turn. Yeah, what are we going to do? It's my turn. Um, I think <laughs> yeah. what we're gonna do okay. is a short story. Oh, okay. 
And it's going to be in honor of Riley joining the team. Uh, and we're going to do uh, yes. The Ledge, yes. which is Riley, one of Riley's favorites, if I'm not mistaken. I think I just, it was the one I remembered. It's the one, it's the one Stephen King story Riley read. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe she'll have some, uh, some opinions. Oh, uh, I'll have to reread it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh my god, that'll be fun. Okay, cute. Well, yeah. all right. Have a nice day. No, you have a nice day. Oh, thank you. Oh, no, thank you. Okay. Bye, Riley. <laughs> <laughs> Steven!